Mr. Jake Cole, how you doing, buddy? Excellent, man. How are you? Oh, so good. You know what's happened since the last time we did one of these? What's up? It was the Besides fu- COVID? It was the fucking end of the world, man. Yeah, right. How has... I mean, let's just jump right in. Thanks for coming on. This means a lot to me. Um, <laughs> formalities, I posted, formalities, absolutely. <laughs> I posted an emo, <laughs> uh, an emo Facebook post which i'm prone to do from time to time i didn't think anybody would give a shit uh i posted does anybody want to come on my podcast and like just talk about stuff fell asleep woke up to like 50 people wanting to do stuff and i was like what i literally (laughs) reached out to everybody and you're like one of the first guys to to put it on the books and it, it means the world to me man dude i'm honored man i'm absolutely honored to be here for sure it's funny that you say that. Uh, I actually want to thank you for getting me off of my ass because mostly I've been editing the last like month. Um, besides going out to Utah, which I still have to edit all that shit. Um, but I started yesterday after talking to you. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do something so I have something to talk about for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I started a documentary uh, that I've been having on the back burner for a while called Paid For in Pizza. <laughs> and i know exactly it's what that's about, about our film community here in cleveland yeah i know exactly what that's about i always say um hot dogs and handshakes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that shit that's awesome that's awesome are you gonna like publish that publicly so we can see it yeah i was uh i was actually it's been on the back burner for like the last few months mainly it was just hey this is a cool fucking title for a thing yeah um so I just kind of had it on the back burner for a bit. I just wanted to start it, and I booked immediately an interview yesterday, and then uh, I did four other interviews with people uh, today. Nice, man. You're and on then, your you're on your productive shit right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so thank you for kicking that off. It's hey, been fun. I'll take any credit. I might not you know deserve it but i'll take it whatever gets more i'll throw you in as a ghost producer how about that i'll take it yes (laughs) that's awesome to hear man um well how how has it been in your neck of the woods over there um i know over here a lot of weddings stopped Uh, i was scheduled to to do one just to just to film not edit which is always all right by me the money's right, right right um and like two days before the venue canceled right um so that kind of stuff happens all the time for you i'm sure not just with business but like with mental health and with your family how's everything been uh well thank you for asking um so everything's been it was at first kind of like iffy uh so by this time last year i had done probably like 20 some weddings I've only had about six or seven this year so far. Oof. Yeah, which is a big bummer, but whatever. I still get uh, things here and there, so it's been it's been okay. 
Uh, we've had a lot of time to start writing more shit out, which has been great. Yeah. Uh, I've been investing in a lot more equipment. Um, like what? Whew, let's see. So I got the Mavic Pro 2. Um, bought a couple new tripods. I'm looking at the Edelkrone, uh, the Jib 1 with the with the head. Yeah. The yeah. remote head on it, too. I've been looking at that. I'm also looking at the uh, Zion Crane 3S. Uh, which I'm selling my other gimbals right now so I can afford that, which will be dope, because that's going to be the only thing that holds my Blackmagic 6K at this point. How's the 6K treated you? Oh, man, I, I still love it. Yeah. I still absolutely love it. It's been it's been a very trusty tool. Like, I, I'm always impressed with it, especially with the V-mount battery. Oh, yeah. If you, if you invest in a rig like this, uh, to anybody listening that's a tech person, invest in a good fucking battery. Because that should have last you eight, nine hours on set. Shooting on 6K, which is pretty beefy, which, you know, it'll, it has its moments whenever uh, it's hot enough, but it's oh, a yeah. great tool. That's awesome. Yeah, those are good investments, man. I always find my favorite investments are like lights. I got a switch pod, you know, which I found pretty useful for what I do. Nice. A, a, just a nice Joby Gorilla sort of ball head. I don't know what they're called, but just little yeah. little things like this go a long way for me. Um, it's for more sure. than just getting new glass and getting a new body, which is always good. It's hard, man, yeah. to commit to a system. Oh, yeah. You have uh, the EF mount, right, on the Blackmagic? Yes, yeah, I have the EF mount. So that's cool. You can. That's so adaptable. It's like the most versatile mount, right? I love, I love EF. And B-Raw is the most underrated codec, I think. Oh, dude, for sure. B-Raw has been, like, my savior for a lot of projects. Yeah, and for, and for people for sure. listening, it's it's a it's a codec file that shoots raw, which you'll hear us gearheads talk about that quite a bit, which means that you have so much latitude and options in post-production to change white balance iso and things of that nature i think yep. even aperture is that right yeah yeah that's insane with, uh, some lenses that's like going back into a time machine and editing you know your 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 memory or something only photos yeah. could do that and now videos can do that so it's insane if you screw up on set you can fix it in post are you reckless with your filming or do you try to get most of it no. just in camera i try to get most of it perfect before filming anything I usually make sure to set up the camera to set frame, mm. uh, and then we I let my gaff team kind of do their thing, my DP to go ahead and uh, set up all the lights we need and all the uh, all the blankets and whatever we need to do, and Dude, then we'll start I, shooting. This is I try like... to be a bit more meticulous, but on a lot of run and gun shoots, uh, you don't have time to be as meticulous as you want to, and uh, sometimes shit gets crazy. You forget to switch the white balance to auto or whatever, but yeah. B-Rod's got you, and that's, like, where it comes in handy the most. Man, uh, my ADD brain is, like, all over the place right now, and I apologize because this is the third podcast I've done today, and I worked a full shift, and I'm just insane. But a um, couple things I wanted to, to ask you. Well, first I wanted to say, um, so I, f I filmed a wedding last Saturday, and I hadn't filmed a wedding in years. I almost, I broke my unbreakable vow, and I, I came out of wedding retirement to just because I need some money. <laughs> I need some money. But uh, <laughs> that's all it was. Yeah. Really and exactly. and I was, I forgot right. what a, I'm going to sound like such a bitch right now, but I forgot what a physical toll it is to 
I, I wore the I wrong shoes. I'll say that. Like I wore boots. <laughs> I don't know what That's I important. was thinking, man. I was. I'm so out of filming shape because of COVID. Like my, I had a yeah. travel schedule, dude. That was insane. I was going to the Europe, uh, to Europe for the first time. I was going to go to Japan in March. I was going to Germany oh. and London for the first time in my life. And I got all, to. I got to the Netherlands this year oh. right before shit started getting shut down. You got in while you while the getting was good. Good choice. Dude, man. It was fantastic. Holy shit. Was it for a was it for a project, a wedding? Uh it was actually for uh premiere. We won a we won a forty eight hour competition in our city and Dude, they con- were congratulations. It in that is fucking awesome. Yeah, so we spent a few days in Amsterdam and then went to Rotterdam for the rest of the trip for the actual like film festival part of it. We got a standing ovation, which was fucking sweet, dude. Um, yeah, it was cool. I 100% would love to move to the Netherlands too. <laughs> oh my everybody god, everybody is nice. Everybody is like actually looks out for each other, which is so mm. weird, dude. It's weird, like um. Well, let me just close that loop. I want to talk about the Netherlands. Um, sure. But I, I was so out of filming shape, man. Like I hadn't, I, I live in my podcast studio, my garage. Like I live here and I, I've been very productive cool. on my personal brand or whatever. But <laughs> I, I hadn't filmed stuff in a long time since March. Like last time I traveled was Florida. Who gives a shit about Florida? Just kidding. Sorry, Florida peeps. <laughs> um, but I was so out of film shape man like yeah i would i burnt cool. like 2000 calories just walking around i got pokemon go so i hatched like yeah. two 7.5 kilometer eggs like just nice. walk, just working and uh it kicked my ass the next day it was great but i did <laughs> i did sign up for more and i i kept thinking about you because i'm like dude this guy you know jake fucking crushes it here but uh going to the <laughs> netherlands um it's wild man like i I'm I'm kind of patriotic sometimes. Like when I stop and think about things, America is awesome. This continent, oh, yeah, this continent sure. is great. Like oh, if I had yeah. to pick a continent, I'd probably pick this one. Like it's really dope. But ho- boy, oh boy, this culture. I mean, we're like fucking cannibals right now. Like it, it's yeah. wild. I can only imagine going to the Netherlands and how friendly those people must be. It was it was really interesting. Also, interestingly enough, uh, there was literally zero people above two hundred, like pounds. Hmm. Everybody bikes to everywhere. Literally, there's more bikes than cars. Hmm. What do you think about that? I think that uh, <sighs> that awesome physical part of their culture helps with them all being a lot nicer than a lot of Americans. Dude, that's I never even thought about that. We're all juiced up on caffeine and Mountain Dew yeah. and ginseng and yerba mata and you name it and Mountain Dew yep. and bang energy drinks and everything and it's like and and for what? Like I think about that. Sometimes I'll go really hard in the paint and I'll I'll drink a bang energy drink and I'm like for what? I'm quarantined. What am I doing? Yeah. Right. What am I doing? Right. And maybe that's why we're a little violent and mean on each other or to each other online and in real life. Yeah. Our diets are all fucked up. A lot of, a lot of the chemicals in your body are from what you eat. You are what you eat is the old saying, and it's very true. Are you are you conscious about that? Do you Are you mindful about... I should be more so. I'm trying to be more so, I should say. Uh, 
I've been trying to lose some weight here and there. Been trying to drink a lot more water. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like you know all the caffeinated beverages and coffee and uh, even though coffee isn't super terrible for you, but I'm it, trying to cut out sodas. And... If you really think about it, like you ever watch Mad Men? Yeah, yeah. It's a great show. Uh, every time I watch it, I crave a cigarette. I'm like, I could go for a fucking cigarette. That's hilarious. It, it's terrible, it's but if you think about it, like you watch it and you're like, man, these guys smoked too much back yeah. then. But yeah. the new version of that. You know, they say it's sitting down, and I'm inclined to agree, but it's really the caffeinated beverages, man. We're fucking killing ourselves for nothing. We're going to be like 65 with Alzheimer's and be like, for what? The, for what? For the hustle? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. For I sure. I don't know. I'm scared, man. Like, I'm, you got me tripping out. Yeah, I don't ask the hard questions. <laughs> do, you, do, you, uh, do you know of a person named Daniel Kahneman? No, I don't. He's a, he's a Nobel Prize laureate. Uh, he's a psychologist, sociologist. Wow. Uh, his his whole thing. I read one of his books. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm. Uh, and it's about like the two like methods of thinking and a bunch of other like psychology shit. You know, I like my I like my audiobooks. Like I like my wine super dry. Yeah. Um, but he also uh, mentions there's four areas in life that we have to come to be successful in. And that is health, wealth, love, and happiness. Yeah. And if you're deficient in one of those, it'll hurt the others. Yeah. So I try to kind of keep that in mind with a lot of the things that I do. Hmm. Try to structure my life around that. And I've been lacking in health because I've been working my ass off uh, for the last few months, trying to scrape up everything I can that people are dropping. Yeah. Uh, and I've been killing it. I we. Six or seven. You there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Yeah, I've been trying to. We've probably filmed around six or seven um, short films. I've filmed some uh, commercials for Progressive Insurance. Uh, we've done a few different festival films that were paid, that were SAG. Uh, a few wow. weddings here and there. I've just been trying to pick up what people are trying to get away from i i tend to be super safe and germ-minded yeah with everything i do anyways so yeah well let me ask you man uh, talking about short films i think you're an authority figure on this like i made a feature before i made a short i probably should have made cool. 10 shorts before i made a feature like i didn't know and so shorts were actually struggles for me and still to this day like writing and i'm just way too precious yeah. like i want to spend I sometimes I'm that pretentious guy. Like sometimes I want to do a, a ten minute single take. That's not really in the short. I mean, maybe you can pull it off. But so, what is like okay. the short film economy for you? Like when you're doing a short film, other than the joy of the right. time and space between action and cut, like where do short for films sure. go? Where do they live? What is the shelf life? Uh, so if, Really what I do, what people pay me to make short films for, are for proof of concept stuff. Yeah. So people will have these scripts. They'll be sitting on them. Uh, if they want them made but they don't have the budget for the full thing, they'll uh, pay for a mock-up of it where we'll do the scenes that they want us to do and essentially create like a small like movie trailer. Yeah. And then we'll add those to pitch packages. We'll approach uh, distribution houses, uh, try and set up meetings uh, with other producers, 
Uh, we'll throw those trailers into pitch packages, be like, hey, this is what this could look like. Uh, we can change X, Y, and Z. We have this script. We have these people already to go. We have X amount of producers already wanting to financially back it. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to consider with the short film side. It's really, really hard to break into and make money especially from short films. Um, but it's very much worth it in my eyes, really. Because even if one of those ideas sells, you're looking at millions of dollars in contracts uh, or hundreds of thousands of dollars to make a mock-up of it. Wow. I guess that's true. Just to make a mock-up. You need the one. You really just need the one. That's why I try to do as much as I fucking possibly can. So when you say you do them, like, are you doing the editing, the filming, and what, what exactly do you do? So it really depends on what they hire me on for. Sometimes I get hired as a DP or I get hired as a cinematographer or I get hired as an editor uh, or an AC or focus puller. Um, sometimes I'm thrown on as a producer and I'll have to find the guns to hire to get what we need shot and the locations bought. Um, I really I, I have my hand in a lot of cookie jars when it comes to short film stuff. In the beginning when you're conceptualizing and you're putting a crew together, do you put, does Jake put his own money into this, into short films? Oh yeah, hell yeah. That's like, that's like always been my number one thing is I put my money where my mouth is every single time. A lot of, there's like, there's a stigma where, uh, you know, daddy paid for this short film this mm -hmm. month. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pay for my own shit. Because I don't need that. And I also, you know, because money fucking talks, yep. uh, I pay people out. And people appreciate that. I help people pay their fucking rent. <laughs> and people tend to like to keep paying their rent. So, you know, no, that I'll makes, keep hiring them. I, I like to hear that. When you put your money where your mouth is, uh, uh, what is the agreement in terms of ownership? So I usually produce... When it comes to producing my own stuff, I usually have ownership of everything. Of course. Uh, when, it comes, when it comes to like distribution houses and stuff like that, we usually negotiate uh, contracts. Usually it's a percentage of uh, the profits from that distribution would go to me. The other percentage goes to them. Uh, and I make sure to put in my contracts that I have uh, use rights, uh, rights to my pieces that I create. So that way I can add them to my professional reels, uh, add them to like, not YouTube, I guess, but you know, be able to use those clips. Because at the end of the day, if I'm filming it, and legally if I'm filming it, it's on my SD cards, that footage is mine. Yep. Until yep. I relinquish it to the house. No matter so what. No matter what. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a matter of knowing what's yours, how to talk to people uh, is a big one. I always tell my interns, uh, if you're in a room and you look around and you don't know who the fucking sucker is, then guess what? Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta know how to keep up with a lot of the bigger people, and a lot of the bigger people won't slow down for you to catch up. When so, when was the last time you were the sucker in that room? Man, I'd love to say that was like ten years ago, but I can't. That that happens, you know, a few times a year. I try to be good about it. I try to be knowledgeable on everything. Um, sometimes life gets in the way. Uh, I miss things or 
uh, things happen. But is it a people um, thing? Is it like dotting your eyes, crossing your T's, reading the fine print? Is it like, oh, I thought this guy was my friend, or what? What? What does it end up? No, being? it's 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 more of being able to speak on terms that are agreeable with uh, people you're trying to like sell to. So like. You don't go into a meeting and be like, hey, uh, I want to throw you this script, no trailer, whatever, uh, and you got to give me like $20,000 to make it. Um, people will look at you like, what the fuck, why, and uh, no. So it's, it's really just about learning how to talk the talk, really, how to negotiate what your worth is to these people that are – testing to see what you are worth. People will throw lower numbers at me all the time, and I'm like, cool, but what if we did X, Y, and Z to compensate for that? There's there's ways to get around things, uh, is I guess what I'm trying to say. You just have to know what to say. I've been on this big kick, like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of inspirational stuff, and I find myself listening to a speech from like the 40s about you know unlocking your inner potential and shit like this and like yeah. the and I, I i really go for that because i was just saying this on a on a previous podcast jim Rohn says you know you are the five people that you surround yourself with right and so very true especially being locked down i try to surround myself at least the traffic of the internet of good shit right in my head but you always hear like, how did you do it? How did you become successful? You know, the the Sylvester Stallone story we've all heard of, right? How did you make it oh, and yeah. come up? And, and I'm all for that. But quite frankly, I've been on this kick recently where I want to ask people and I'm going to ask you, you know, sure. can you tell me about a time that you were fucked over because you were ignorant in business? Yeah, for sure. Um, like which time fucking hurt? Oh, man. Yeah, I want to know about that one. And, and what did you learn from it and what went wrong from the beginning? Because when we're novice, we don't see the red lines. All, you know, there's this great yeah. line from one, one of my favorite shows, uh, Bojack Horseman. Oh, when you're, when you're looking that. through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags, like flags, right? That's right. So uh, that's happened to me personally. And one day I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go on a podcast and I'll talk about it. I still feel weird about doing that just because it's like it happened so long ago. But I thought I was making a movie with friends. I put my yeah. own money where my mouth was. I got fucked. I don't have a copy of that movie. It was like it never happened, right? And it really burned yeah. me. And the thing that hurt the most was my ensemble, the actors that I recruited, they don't have a finished product. You know, they came and they worked and they gave me their week for nothing. That that really burns me up. But um, so yeah. I want to know about a time... It could have been recently, it could have been back in the day, but I just really feel like there's a lot, we can learn a lot from the success stories, but I think we For learn sure. even more from the failures. Absolutely. And uh, what better to do than to learn from others' failures is what Warren Buffett says. There we go, now we're talking. Uh, so one that is uh, recent, probably over like the last year or so, um, one of our business associates uh, who who was essentially a co-producer for a lot of stuff um, she did a lot of, uh, of PR stuff for us um, she helped like set up casting calls and get locations actors things like that um, however she was <clears throat> whenever I first met her because we met in college 
we graduated from uh, from Akron, and we were uh, trying to just start this video company, trying to start into like short films and stuff like that. Uh, and she, right off the bat, her her one of her aunts uh, works for um, a really small company called Lionsgate, <laughs> and uh, she she's always had that in to go there but she always said that she really just stayed just to stay and i'm like okay cool so we can try and make our own way we can use that contact when we need it Mm. um and this went on for like a year two years she would talk about it to an extent and i'm like cool where's the proof kind of thing after a while Mm -hmm. because it's like you don't want to like question friends on shit uh but you know you gotta you gotta be truthful with shit and he very much wasn't in it it was an exact case of rose colored glasses uh the red flags were there and i didn't realize them until we were trying to get together for uh, a 48 competition around the area and um she was supposed to be our one of our actresses for it uh she's a good actress in her own right for sure um However, uh, the people that we were working with, I was producing and directing it, or director of photography for it. Um, I didn't really have my hands on the casting for this project too much because I was leaving that to the director. Uh, He ended up casting people that were younger than her, I'll say, Mm -hmm. Uh, and she she didn't like that, and she was like, "Well," and I'm I was like, "Look, you can you can be on the team with us. You can." can help you can be script supervisor you can help in a different capacity you can win with the team uh or you can step out and she's like well i'll just find other people that want me there i'm like okay well not that we didn't want you but whatever so and then that that happened about like a year and a half ago Mm. uh i haven't heard from her since really after like three years of going to fucking classes and whatever but uh it's it's definitely a lesson of you can't make everybody happy and uh don't let a narcissist dictate your business yeah that's That's like that's that's really hard because their survivors survival skills are predicated on how on their charm right Right, on their right, connections sure. and the kids today call it clout right and so we get blindsided by that because this is a business of who you know it's that simple yeah. you know you got to bring the goods and i know you definitely bring the goods but you still got to know the right people because that's going to be the thing that clicks right absolutely that's 100 percent true you were um you were one of the most experienced and talented people that i speak to when i do this show <laughs> um have you ever thought about making like an online course? Well, funny that you say that. Um, I've actually been making uh, how-to videos for uh, the interns that I should have gotten this semester from uh, our local Kent State University. They they help me on set usually and help with editing. I get them paid out. Um, <clears throat> but since I can't have them in person uh, due to COVID, I've been having to make these how-to videos for them which are essentially just like how to make a good-looking interview and how to mm-hmm. uh, storyboard shit or how to edit this or how to set up a wedding or how to talk to a client, things like that. Yeah. 
So yeah. I've been kind of leaning into that uh, online knowledge space because uh, I'd love to bring some edutainment. Yeah. For what it's worth, like as a guy that, you know, got a lot of reps in, I got a lot of time in, I've certainly invested my fair share of my own capital into my ventures. Yeah. You know, I'm always learning, dude. Like I still, sure. when I when I see a particular creator light something a certain way or move a camera a certain way or an, an angle that is like inspired or something, I still want to know how they do it, you know? Um, Absolutely. I, 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 I never, you know, I'll work with some really talented DPs and sometimes they just appear like uh, final products, but nobody's a final yeah. product, you know? Um, and I think we take that for granted, but I'm, I'm saying that to kind of just highlight for you that even someone as experienced as I am would, would still pay to learn from you, dude. You know, if you created yeah. a webinar and got 30 people in there and showed them how to fucking make an interview, I think that would be worth your money. I think that would be worth their money and your time. Okay. Absolutely, man. I think that's, uh, I, I've been, I, I would, you just get 30 people in a webinar and watch what happens. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I have, I mean, I usually have like between 15 to 20 interns a semester where I would be in front of them in a classroom talking about all this shit too. So, uh, where, where's yeah, the, where's I'm, the, I'm always down to do a webinar. Where's the behind the scenes, the, the making of these movies. That's right. I, would I have, uh, I have one of those. I actually have a behind the scenes of, uh, one of the ones we did in an airplane. Uh, I think in like December. It's called Through the Clouds. Wow. Uh, it's a that's, festival film. That's cool. That we got for free. It was pretty fucking sweet. The, uh, so it was a two-day shoot. The first day, uh, I guess, or well, I guess night, I went up with uh, my buddy. He's actually a pilot. Um, he uh, teaches uh, courses at Kent State. So he filmed there. Uh, so the first night, we went out there, and I just got B-roll of like him steering looking out the window the gauges things like that uh and then i didn't i never got his face uh mainly because he wasn't our actor um but the next day we set up in a hangar uh it was one of their uh mechanic hangars so that's where they bring their planes in to get maintenance and shit so they gave us the same plane uh in this hangar and we green screened out the windows uh by the wings and nice. we filmed everything in a hangar. Uh, we had our actor in the same kind of peacoat that uh, our pilot was flying in the night before. Uh, we got all of it done in the span of like, I think six hours-ish. But uh, yeah, I have a behind the scenes for that. It was, that was for uh, one of Film Riot's competitions, I think. Oh, well, where, where does all this go? Uh, this one went to YouTube, mainly because- uh, So I can I find it. entered it into a festival. Yeah, you can no, find I'm it. I'm talking about the behind the scenes. Yeah, the behind the scenes is with that YouTube video. Oh, shit. That was okay. like one of the things of uh, the competition. You had to also make a behind the scenes video of how you made it. So we also did that. So that was like my first like little dabble into it. And I think it went well. Do you think that you can make, or not just you, but anybody, do you think you can make a feature film in three days? Whew. A feature length film, not in three days. Why not? Uh, phew, I mean, if you wanted to like 
look good, I guess. There's a lot of there's a lot to do in three days. I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done, and it can't be done good, but that is one hell of a task. Hmm. Okay. I uh, <laughs> there was this guy who posted, "Hey, man, I really want to make a feature film," and I was like, "Dude, he's a DP. He uses the black magic." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, I'll pay you to DP my film because that's the stuff." I mean, I'm okay at it. I'll do it, but I, that's not what I want to do, right? I'd rather pay someone else to do it. Right. And right. Uh, I reached out to him. He's like, "Cool. What's the what's the thing?" And I was like, "Here's what it's gonna look like. Blah blah blah. Here's the, blah, blah blah. This idea. I want to knock it out in three days." And he laughed at me, and was like, you can't, <laughs> "This can't be done." And I was like, "What? What do you that? What What do you mean? We're, you you get it? Minutes. You get it done." Ah, say 75, <laughs> 75, 90 minutes, right? But it's like, you get it done. What do you mean you can't do it? You get it done in that time. I don't understand. That's true. So for what it's worth, and, mean, and, and remember this, because this, this podcast is going to be a, a time capsule. I wrote this script, yeah. and, and um, it took three years to collect all the pieces, I'll say. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote it pretty quickly. But I, I finished the script in March, and I haven't made a feature film in five years. I guess, and I, and I, started feeling bad and I was like man maybe it's because like I suck maybe it's because I got nothing yeah. worth saying but the truth is I think when it comes to features and I try not to hold this over my head you know Steven Spielberg dropped Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in 1994 I think at the same time or 93 and it's like okay oh, yeah. not everybody can do that I understand that I hold myself up to a high standard sometimes but I wrote I wrote something that I think can be, I mean, it was designed to be, to be, to knock, Shot to be knocked days. out in three days. Yeah. It was, it's, hell in yeah. The, it's in the DNA. If it's designed to do so. Absolutely. Then I'd say hell yeah. For when, sure. you, when you have day exteriors and night exteriors and you have 40 locations, like there's not enough time to do that. And I, and I totally understand. But, um, right. so mark my words, I'm, I would love to COVID fucked a lot of things up. But I would love, I'd love to put this together, and uh, you'll be one of the first guys I show it to, and I'd love to get like a sentence out of, you know, what you thought about it. But um, I think it can be done. I, I've shot a feature in in five days. I don't. Okay. It, it wasn't super fun. It was fucking terrible. Yeah, like, right. I this yeah, was no uh shit. eight years ago or no no six years ago and uh, my hair was falling out and I was getting like gray hairs <laughs> in my beard that went away. Like yeah. it just happened in three days. But, um, so 10 out of 10 don't recommend, but if it's in the design, like I see some incredible things that these people do in, in 48 hours that are insane. Yeah. Oh dude, man. I, when we were at that, uh, that festival for the 48 hour shit, we met people from all over the world. We met people that were doing it in South Africa, in Iceland, in France. Uh, I'm actually working with one of uh, the French people that I met in Rotterdam on wow. uh, a cross-country uh, film. Wow. Right now we're in pre-production, funny enough. But there are, uh, we also met people from China that also won and even talking to them, it's crazy how they got what they got done in 48 hours. Yeah. Like ours was complete dog shit. And mind you that a lot of these people that won, uh, they have $50,000 budgets, Ari Alexas, what? Ari Primes. What? Yeah. People, producers will buy tickets in cities across the country 
hire teams there and win those things so they can go to the festivals. Uh, okay, so let me ask you. Say this Saturday, uh, your local town or whatever is going to do a 48-hour film festival. Um, yeah. What is what do you what do you bring? What, what do you do beforehand? Because like I've participated in one 48 hour film yeah. festival. It was the first time me and my friends ever did it. We came from features. Mm-hmm. We thought this will be easy. I'll admit it was cha- <laughs> it was challenging as fuck. And yeah, and we went into it a blind, a fucking yeah. blind. Now when we screened our films the next week, there were some productions where I was like, dude, no, they weren't. There's no way they did this blind. Like we went, we went into it with right. fucking nothing, man. And yeah. I thought what we pulled out was very interesting, but we bombed. I mean, you want to talk about eating shit. We had our <laughs> fucking dicks served to us. Like we bombed so hard, not cuz the thing was so terribly made, but it was just like they were like, "Yo, there's fuck. a lot of shit to deal with in 48 hours." There there certainly is. So wh- I want to know your process. Like what do you what do you you know, let's be honest. Like, you have to have some actors by on standby and things of that nature. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we have. Well, that's like really. I will say that half the battle is having those people on standby, and uh, the other half of that battle is having the locations that you would possibly need on standby. That's right. Um, if you can get at least one of those two down, that'll make your job way super fucking easy. Yeah. Um, so what we do is about a week before uh, I get my production team together and we go over because they list out each one of the genres that you could potentially pull. Mm. Uh, so we write out all of those on a whiteboard and then we start throwing ideas to each one of those genres. Mm. So once we get an idea down to that, we'll make like a little log line or we'll make like, you know, some notes for each one of them. We don't go too in depth with any of them, mainly because we don't know what we're going to pick. We don't want to put all our fucking money on getting a horror one and we get like some shit with kids and sci-fi shit because that also happens or a musical. Uh, We'd, ah, man, I've. That's too much. Just a sidebar. Just a sidebar. I'd love to do a fucking musical. I know the perfect people to do it. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, if you, what I usually do is I get that team together. We spit all ideas and then we go into, uh, that Friday night, uh, that they start announcing and you draw your, uh, your entries and stuff like that. We pick our shit out and we immediately, we don't stay for the rest of the, for the rest of the introduction stuff. We know exactly what we're going to be doing. Uh, so as soon as we draw it, we get the fuck out of there. We get to the writing room. Uh, I go in there with uh, two of my close people, uh, usually my 80s, Matt and Brittany. Uh, shout out to my super awesome fucking team that deals with all my shit. Anyways. Um, <laughs> shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to them. Anywho. Yes, for sure. For sure. They, they, they're the blood that makes everything pump. Um, so we get into the writing room, we get, uh, we find what we were writing on the board the week before, and we start incorporating that and use it as a bare bones kind of outline to a story. And then we'll get, we'll see what actors we have, we'll see what locations we have uh, available, and we'll uh, get them locked down for Saturday. I'll usually have one of my 80s or UPM. Um, they'll start 
making those calls. They'll be like, hey, you're on, you're this part. We'll get you a script out here around like midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do the same thing with locations. We try and lock those down. As soon as we get a location locked down, uh, we know exactly where to start at that point. We start writing it out based on that location. We throw in the characters we need to throw in. Um, we try and get it around like seven pages, seven and a half, maybe eight pages, like max. Because um, you don't want to go over too much. But this is, but this has don't to have be, the time. this has to be after, like once it's on your market set, go, correct? By now? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as soon as we draw those names that Friday night, like yeah. as soon as we draw the genre that we're doing, we don't stay for the rest of the event. Uh, the opening event or the kickoff event or whatever the hell they call it. Yeah, you just go. Uh, we draw that shit and we go. We go immediately to writing, try to get a script out, locations, actors, everything set for the next day, uh, done before midnight. Uh, usually the script will go out around midnight, usually around like one or two though, um, just to pan things out. And then we will usually camp out at one of our peeps' houses and then uh, we'll go to location set up for first shot being at 8 a.m. sharp. And uh, we get there at 7, take an hour to set up lights and cameras and shit so we can just grab and go. Uh, and then we move into it. Uh, usually as we're writing the script the night before as well, we'll also be making a shot list to go with the script. So... When we get to set, we just go based off of the shot list that we need. Uh, we can fudge things here or there, uh, and then we make sure everything's clapped up. We get to editing that night, uh, that Saturday night. I usually stay up uh, until, usually until we turn it in, really. Um, editing the damn thing, color grading it. Uh, throwing everything together. I have programs. Uh, one of them is called Pluralize. Uh, if you guys want a super easy way to sync your professional audio with your professional camera and get rid of the scratch audio real quick, get a program called Pluralize. Uh, you can <coughs> torrent it, or uh, you can pay like $20 a month for it. Uh, I super recommend <laughs> doing that just because it's, it's, it's a good service. It does well, but it'll sync everything up together real quick. Like It'll match all the audio, all of the cameras up, and then it'll spit out an XML file, and then you throw the XML into Premiere, and Premiere will load up the entirety of all that footage already completely synced. Holy so then you just shit. make another timeline. You just make another timeline. You start throwing in shots. You start going through, cutting, trimming different shots, seeing what works, uh, and then throwing in you know effects, audio, uh, color grades, masks, whatever you need. Um, and then we edit that bitch until, like, usually our turn-in time, like, it's usually a hard, like, 7.30 p.m. on that Sunday mm. of the weekend. Uh, we get there usually at, like, 7. This last time we did it, we got there at, like, 7.21, mainly because I'm an anal asshole trying to make sure it looks good enough to be put up on a big screen. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. So that's usually how our 48s go. Do you get any sleep? No, no, not not usually. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, do, well, do actually, you, do you I usually film get it? a few hours of sleep that Friday night. Right. Uh, going into sense. Saturday, so I have enough energy to film that entire day yeah. and get through editing for and another you, full day. And you edit it, you do the sound, everything? 
Uh, yeah, I edit everything. Uh, I have my sound guy. I do have a sound guy that is on production sound. So uh, he'll give me the SD card at the end of the day. Is there a time limit and, uh, on, on these things usually? Yeah, it's uh, it's usually seven. It's like a hard cut at seven minutes. Yeah. So that's why I say right around seven pages to eight pages max. Yeah. Because uh, you want enough to fudge around shots, but you don't want too much to where you're deciding between another like 50 minutes of footage when you should be just editing the damn thing. And do you win every time you deserve it? <laughs> um, I will say that I've won something every time we've submitted. Uh, even for... Uh, the last 48 that I was doing, we won, like, I think second place, and I got best director. And then the one that we did immediately after that, we got best film, which sent us to the Netherlands. Wow. Yeah. What's the what's the, the your crowning jewel, the one that excites you? Like, dude, this fucking short film was amazing. <laughs> um, that's a good question. We just filmed two really good ones. Uh, our producers from Cleveland, they threw some a couple grand at us, and we made some uh, short films. One of them is called Pretty Metal, and it's about this like pop artist group. Uh, they're like in this competition, and then their lead singer got gets picked up by a different agency. She f- is like fuck you to the rest of them and bails, and so they lose this tournament. Uh, in order to recoup the money that they need, they uh, starts uh trying to get back into the competition they get into it and uh they end up picking up uh a metal band group that they also saw audition uh they team up to form pretty metal and uh the girls were super great they were some of the best actresses i've had the pleasure of working with wow but uh yeah we shot that and then we shot another one called hometown uh, and that was uh, is essentially about this dude wife cheats on him he goes back home uh, he's like 30 some uh, his dad's pissed that he's home his mom's like it's okay honey uh, and he falls back into his old friend group it's like a dark comedy it's like a dark high school comedy kind of thing it's uh, like the tagline for it I love I didn't come <laughs> up with it um it's uh, it's a, it's the tagline is a coming of age story in your thirties. Nice. Yeah, which was super fun. I know. Last time we talked, you said that you got to work with the Russos. Um, yes. Was it on the movie with um, Chadwick Boseman? No, it wasn't that Chadwick movie. Wasn't on it. Uh, it was with it was it was uh, Tom Holland was on that one. Okay. Okay. With the Russos. Okay, yeah. Just because, you know, with his passing, didn't that fucking hurt? Oh, I know, man. I'm like, dude, just like, what the fuck, 2020? What the <laughs> fuck, man? What else is next? Crazy. And it's not even over. Yeah. I think the wildest shit is about to happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. How, how do you stay Especially positive, with... man? I mean, take one day at a time. At the day, uh, I have like a small mantra that I always say. If something like inconveniencing happens or like someone's being a dick, I'm like, you know what? That's the worst thing that happens today. It's still a good day, and I'll make it so. So, That's... I kind of just kind of take it day by day. I uh, 
I try to plan out my days a little bit before, before you know, the day of. So that way I have an idea of what I need to get accomplished, whether it be editing or writing or phone meetings all day or shooting all day like today. What well, um, I got... I responded to a Craigslist ad, right? Like to, to be a videographer for, uh, to be a wedding videographer and the money was right. And I was like, eh, I could do this. And when they brought me on, they had, I was really impressed with this wedding, wedding business. And the, the way they had all their shit set up blew me away. <clears throat> Everything's on Trello and yeah yeah that's right and there's 20 states and there's 10 cities in each state and they're and they get videographers for each state and that's how you fucking scale and i'm sure that they outsource the editing and they hire schmucks like me that get paid 20 percent of what they're getting netting right which i understand and right and then they outsource the editing they put it together and boom and do you see yourself like being a uh, an owner, um, an owner operator, like business person tycoon, or do you like doing the grunt work? Because uh, if you, you know, wanted to scale, there's I, no I, I, there's I no way you're going to be on the ground. Tycoon because yeah, yeah, I I will say that I I do more aspire to be that tycoon type. However, I never want to have to be humbled. So I'm more than fine doing grunt work whenever needed. Like shit, I'll PA for industry shit still. I'm I have my hours. I can do what I want to, but it's like if things need done, they'll get done. I'm fine doing that. I'm fine gritting my teeth, uh, and really being able to do that makes me appreciate what I was a day job way more. Yeah. One hundred percent. But it's funny that you it's it's funny that you mentioned Trello because that exact kind of comp uh, the that exact company that you were just describing uh, one of those <laughs> messaged me the other day. I had a, one of their videographers bailed at the last minute and I saved their asses and upped the price a bit, which was awesome. Uh, they're like, yeah, use Trello. I'm like, sweet, whatever. So it's funny that you mentioned Trello. Have you fucked but, with uh, it? Have I you lo- have, a, have you looked into it? Have you have you looked into Trello? Uh, I mean, I I've only used it just for this last like wedding shoot for these people. Uh, I mean, it's neat. I like it enough. I use uh, Celtics, the same script writing program that I use for writing all the scripts and the outlines I need. They have an online thing for like 120 bucks a year, hmm. uh, and you can like plan out shoots and do index cards and like create the scripts and do whatever needed it's like it's essentially trello okay okay yeah i I really thought it was neat and i thought it was very organized and it was a way that it was a way that it was like transparent like i could look at any wedding i wanted and if i if i was the flash technically i could work every wedding you know make 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 the most money and i see that for you because when you say that last year around this time you had already shot what 30 weddings or 50 or something yeah like 20 30 weddings i mean i shot last year 42 weddings. but that's you boots this on year the ground I've had like nine but that's you boots on the yeah. ground right for sure for sure 
That's me boots on the ground. If you wanted to, surely. I mean, I'll I'll hire other people out too for other weddings that I can't do. Yeah. I have I have our own wedding LLC too, so it's like we could scale up to be that same fucking company that does the Trello shit and have everyone upload to Google Drive and that send all the editing to Russia where you pay ten dollars to this poor fucking Russian kid to edit your shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be that fucking like super monster tycoon right now. I got my other shit that I want to worry about. And not just weddings. But just so you know, so, you, I mean, I, you yeah. are that super monster tycoon. You are, <laughs> though. You know that, right? Thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I at least try to be. I try to get there. That's that's half the battle. Yeah, I think you are, man. Like, I, I, I'm struggling with, like, the meaning of things, man. Like, I have this feature I want to make. I... I don't want to do the racket of like the meetings and the selling and the pitch decks and the, I don't, I don't like that. Like I like the boots on the ground making the film and then that, and then then when you get that one shot or that one line of dialogue, that one performance and you hit that focus perfect and you're like, well, at least I got that today. Like this is going to be a good film. Like that moment still gets Mm -hmm. me fucking rock hard to this day. Rock rock hard. And, Hell and, yes. and even if like the movie exists on YouTube and people are like, oh, yeah, Knives Monroe, that guy, I know him. He made that movie that one time. Even if that's what, <laughs> I'm cool with that. Like, but then yeah. there's but then there's that side of me. Why do I feel like something's missing, Jake? What's missing, well, man? You gotta, I mean, you got to ask yourself, what do you truly feel like is missing? I'll tell what you this. part of your job do you want more of? Ooh, that I don't know. Like, you know what I love, man? The thing that I'm, if I could snap my fingers and be there right now, when you were telling me how you prepare for the 48, I love like working. I like being in a room with a, with a whiteboard and, and 10 people. Yes. Hell, I don't even got to be that fancy. Fucking a whiteboard and three people. I've, I've been right. on this, and maybe that's like an excuse or I don't know what that is, but like I just love collaboration and I love working with people like face to face and then we go out and we go make something and that journey I'm like a road warrior like I like I like traveling I like I like you know checking my bags and like driving eight mile eight hours someplace and like and just being being in a cramped car six hours away from you at one point uh, how dare you well I guess Uh, Texas is big so like probably 12 hours true it's fucking from Utah man Oh my word! That shit was crazy. That's true. That's insane. I mean, I would have just flown, but no. When you have all the gear, it probably (laughs) makes makes more sense to. Might save money in the long run, but no, I I get you. That's the stuff that I love, and I don't know why. Like, that's just so. uh, What would you recommend for me? Like, how how do I manifest that? Like, I've been in Austin for eight years, and I still don't have a crew. I still don't have like okay. those people, and I feel like if there was a Jake Cole and like and two other dudes, and we got together every week and we brainstormed and we got shit done, like I really feel like we could take over the world. I, I really feel that way. Oh yeah, fuck yes. I mean, distance is just that. It's distance. I mean, hey man, if you want to work on something, I'm all about going out to fucking Austin. I actually have uh, my girlfriend's family lives out in Austin too. 
How about that? How about you put a fucking ring on it and move over here? God damn it. Jesus. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, but you, sure. you you got a sweet spot over there. Like, I feel like you're kind of king of the castle over there. It's, it's, you would the, be disappointed. it's the situation where you can be, it's, you're, you can be a big fish in a small pond here kind of thing. Uh, to get the work done. Yeah. It's a uh, good pond though. I know. It's I, one of those, it's one of those like hidden oasis ones where you never thought would be a hidden oasis, but Cleveland fucking packs it in, man. I'm we have a good to... community here from doing these interviews. That's the thing. Like you need to, that, that's, that's tremendous. Like. You need to stick with that, you know. If you move to Austin, like, uh, do you know Luke Newman from Newman Films on YouTube? Uh, yeah. That guy is, sure. was, like, one of the first guys to really start doing, like, DSLR tutorials and stuff. And he has an amazing yeah. website called Savage Stock where they've been filming 8K raw Red Dragon, Ooh. whatever, 8-stock stuff because they knew that the 8K future was coming. Well, I had Luke on the podcast a year ago. And he's kind of in a similar boat as me. He's like, I don't know what makes me happy. Like, I like doing these little short films with my family, but, you know, it's not about the YouTube cloud. It's not about the, you know, you check off some boxes and you scratch some itches and you're like, that's all good and dandy. But I don't know, there's something there's something missing there, you know? And, and he, he asked me off mic, he was like, what do you think about Austin, man? You think I should go there? And I was like, as much as I selfishly would love it, nah. Nah, I think it kind of sucks out here. Like, Rogan came out here, and I'm kind of like, nah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Why would you leave California where marijuana is legal and move to Texas yeah. where it's illegal? I don't understand just right. that. You know, and I'm not even a pothead, <laughs> but it's just like, why would you? What? I understand the overcrowded right. thing. I, I wouldn't want to live in Los Angeles either, but. Yeah, I would not. See what I'm saying? But I, I there's. I don't know, like, and, and it's it comes from bitterness. Like, I've still never found my people here, man. And uh, and I feel, personally, and maybe this is another excuse because I'm all about calling myself on my, on my own bullshit, but, like, if you ever go down TikTok, I don't know if you've been through a TikTok funnel where you just get stuck in a not. TikTok hole. Okay, maybe you should stay I, away from I it. I try not to be on Chinese things that'll steal my soul or some shit. I don't know. I don't watch the news enough to know I, what that is. I, I feel you. <laughs> it, what I will say is... Um, I don't know how old you were when YouTube started. It was in 2005, 2006, when it was... I was in fifth grade, so oh, I would have okay. been like 11. Too young, maybe. Too young. 10. But yeah, too I was young. already a senior when YouTube hit, and it was revolutionary. To be able to see, you really felt like, yeah. wow, I'm looking into other people's lives. Here's what, here's what they're making. When all I knew was mm -hmm. film and filmmaking, it was the only expression... The only big expression with those big tools in town. And then YouTube obliterated that. Well, TikTok is obliterating YouTube. Like, you find short films, Interesting. cinema that you would have never searched for. Like, I cannot recommend it enough. You should try it. You're going to have to, like, sift through some spam of, like, 13-year-olds dancing. I, I just put not interested. I don't want to see that. There is art there. Yeah. You would you would blow the fuck up on TikTok, and it would be like your main thing <laughs> for all you know. I'm serious. You should at least check yeah. it out and fuck with it. But um, what I'm trying to say is like filmmaking to me isn't the only game in town anymore, like the big feature. I remember I asked on yeah. Facebook, uh, my Facebook friends, I was like, who, how much would you pay for a feature if I dropped it? The amount of filmmakers that were like a dollar – yeah, right. I was like, who the – why would you expect to even make a career if you would only pay another filmmaker $1? Yeah. 
Yeah, like exactly. that, that economy is just so crazy. And I'm not saying no, you, you can't make it. Nobody can make it. Like I'm, I'm all about it, man. I fucking daydream for a living. I'm all about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, <laughs> I feel I, that man. I feel like if I was 16 years old, I would have dropped out of high school today and like been a professional TikToker, not have had, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and understand the craft. Like the app of TikTok is one of the greatest video editing apps there is on the market. And it's so low key. Like you can do voiceovers, you can edit in camera. Like it's it's tremendous. Like Facebook doesn't have that. Instagram doesn't have that. They're billion dollar That's apps. True. So it's so strange. I understand it's Chinese and blah blah blah. And I'm kind of like yeah, I feel it. I'm, I'm either gonna be fucked on you know by this red dick or this blue dick. Either way, it's up my ass. Like I kind of <laughs> feel that way yeah. about the whole thing. I'm sorry. I'm on a rant right now. I apologize. But <laughs> I, as you can tell, like existentially, it's difficult to be a filmmaker and be like. Well, what is even cinema when like vines or TikToks are tremendous and people make a living out of this? And, I know. And they and they I get know, to man. make they get to make stuff with their friends. You know, That's it's on right. TikTok. It's not on Hollywood Boulevard, but it's like, what's at the end of the day? You know, what's the what's the difference? I, I'm starting to think that I'd be okay with that. I, I don't know. And so you asked me, what's the one thing that I would love to do or whatever. I just, I can't take the, you know, I'm 32 years old now. I got two kids. I understand what I signed up for and, and I did it uh, with so much intent and purpose and I would never, I would never change anything about my life, but I, I just miss, you know, I, I just miss like those all nighters with those 48 hour film festivals. And then here's this <laughs> little project that you have and whether you win or lose or you eat crow the next week when you do the screening, like that little adventure was fun. I don't right. care about the money, Absolutely. man. Like. It's definitely not about the money. Like I, 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 you know, and I'm not trying to. This isn't a flex yeah. at all. But like I made, I make more money than I ever thought I ever fucking would. So it ain't about that. <laughs> Dude, I mean, right? it's at like I never should have fucking made it this far. Like I should have fucking died at 16. I don't know how I got here. So this is all gravy. <laughs> but it's not so money. Grim. And I like films. But it's like, man, people are shitting on Tenant. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. People are so ungrateful, man. Like, I don't even know. It's like, I'm never going to make a tenant. People are shitting on it. Dune trailer comes out. People are like, scoff. I mean, roll my can't eyes. can't say that, though. Who says you won't make a tenant? I mean, no, you know what I mean. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would actually crash a Boeing 437 or whatever. I don't know if I would actually want to do that. <laughs> but, you know, my, my, po my point is, like, I see Nolan bust his ass, and then you have these keyboard warriors like roll their eyes and it's like who the fuck are you yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so maybe i'm just an no, old timer yeah. maybe i'm just maybe well, i'm just getting old j cole maybe i'm just getting fucking old <laughs> nah, nah i don't nah, want you, you to be me for what it is you don't want to be I'll, this I'll, I'll, I'll be honest though it's like i i have the same exact kind of shit for anything that i release i i i do have those times where i'm like well maybe people won't fucking like it maybe i should have edited it this way or um, and then there's times where people generally don't like my shit and that's fine. Yeah. That's like, it's, you have to come to a point where you can accept that there's going to be criticism, but you have to realize that it's criticism from both sides. And then you have to weigh out what's bad and what's good. Yeah. And most of the time people like your shit, you know, Yeah. people want to see you grow. There's the pessimist in all of us. That's like, People don't want to see this shit. People don't want to listen to this shit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your optimist has to win. And it usually does, and it usually goes well. It's better than to have done something and have the experience. Like you just said, you want the experience of it too, not just the final product. 
hundred percent. You go yeah. through it. Yeah, you go through it, and you can take that. You take it in stride. Yeah, you know, uh, I heard a long time ago that Steven Spielberg asked Stanley Kubrick, hey, what's the hardest part about making a movie for you, man? You know, and he thought <laughs> Kubrick was going to say something like, oh, you know, the time or the studio, the budget. And, and to Steven Spielberg's surprise, Kubrick's response was, getting out the car. Getting out of the yeah. car to go to the film shoot is like the hardest part of my day. But as soon as I get out of yeah. my car, like, you know, it's it's easy from there. And it's always like yeah. our, our anxieties, our anticipation, like it's all like the actual event rarely is as bad as the anxiety, like the drive or the flight to exactly. wherever that you're nervous about. Right. Like it's rarely worse for me. It's, right. it's seldom worse, like the anxiety, the anticipation, like I'm the type of person I wake up early, I work out, I, I eat well, I go to a shoot, I'm early, like I location scout, like I want to be a good boy, right? Like when I do my work, because I don't want anybody <laughs> waiting on me. But the anxiety on the drive over there is always like, oh my gosh, am I cut out for this? Like, what am I doing? Did I charge those batteries? Oh, fuck, I forgot headphones, like whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For um, sure. you, you always got to take had that a quarter. This morning, I'm like, shit, did I grab those batteries? Have you noticed that you always need to have a quarter on you? Oh, yeah, yeah, to screw in the... You always place. need a goddamn Shit. quarter. Nothing's worse when you forgot yeah. the quarter. <laughs> I, have, uh, uh, I have I have a little beer tab opener in mine nice. that I use for tripod plates. Yes, exactly. Uh, Double functional. It's, it works both ways, yeah, for sure. In the morning right. and at night, yeah, it's perfect. But, yeah, Jake, <laughs> I, I'm sorry for spazzing out at you, man. I really am. It's just... Hi, cool. You know, the final product of a thing. I try We're not all to, figuring it out. Truthfully, That's truthfully. I, I, n nothing excites me more than, like, working with a good actor and lighting them really fl flatteringly and filming them, and they had a good time. You know, they did their work, and they came to the set, and they do a good job, and we're moving along. We got it. We move on. Like, I, I love it when it works, man. It's great. Where it goes yeah. and where it ends up, like, I, I don't so much care anymore. I used to really care about uh, the presentation aspect of it, right? Like, I've screened movies in theaters. Yeah. It's a fucking great feeling. Yeah. Like, showing a movie on Zoom, it is. it's not the same. Oh, absolutely. It's also, you know, it's it's exactly, it's, it's medium. You have to figure out how to make content for a medium like that. Make it more feel integrated for that audience. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, so what So what do you got going on for seen... the rest? Oh, go ahead, please. I was going to ask you, what do you got going on for the rest of this year? Ah. Um, well, first, uh, my question to you was, uh, have you seen Searching with John Cho? No. That's a, sh that's a uh, show, right? Out... That's a show or a movie? It came out. It's a movie. It came out in, I think, like 2018. Huh. Um, but it was all uh, from the perspective of a computer screen. Oh. So everything that you see is on a computer screen or on a phone or a tablet. Um, but the entirety of the movie is essentially on like a Mac or a PC or a phone. And you oh, see through yeah. the lenses of, yeah, you see through the lenses of the, uh, of the webcams and shit and the FaceTime calls and what have you. But I think if we, to do something like that 
that would go over pretty well in this Zoom culture that we find ourselves in. Yeah, it's not something I want to commit to the Zoom culture. Like when I saw Fallon do it and all these other guys, I was just like, ew. Like, why are their setups so shitty <laughs> on Zoom? Like, Fallon, this is from months ago, so I actually don't yeah. know and I don't watch it, but like, I have a, like, these Twitch streamers have a better setup than Fallon. Setups. Like, right, bro, don't right. you have money? What is happening? Why isn't your thing like it's, in 4K, 60 frames a second? You suck. I feel that. What is, I think that it's more so, I think it's more so that the PR team's like, you gotta just, you know, do it from a regular webcam to make it feel like you're one of them. Ew. Yeah. That person needs that's to get fired. Sure, that's <laughs> those people are usually hired. That's the problem. I know they're hired for those ideas specifically. <laughs> you can just tell that they're not looking. But, uh, they're yeah. not looking on Twitch. They're not looking and seeing these streamers. They're not looking at alternative media and and, yeah. and stealing the best practices that people have been putting in their ten thousand hours in. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not looking at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the, what's uh, the rest of this year look like for you, man? I'm doing uh, – oh, so this year, um, a lot of it is up in the air with COVID still a bit. Mm. Uh, however, there's always something in the works. I have a lot of client work that I'm still working on, um, planning on moving sometime soon. Uh, still in Ohio, nowhere, nowhere crazy. Uh have a few projects I want to produce myself. I have to reproduce uh, different projects that we filmed over the course of the last two years because we're actors kind of on us. But mm. Anywho, uh, yeah, besides that, client work, mostly. Nothing super huge in the future so far, but that'll probably change soon. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen in November, and how does it affect us? I'm sorry, you cut out. What was that? What do you think is going to happen in November, and how does it affect us? Well, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. If I could see the future, I would give you the answer, but, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not really following as much of this shit as I need to, mostly because I don't want to go completely insane, because I have other shit I need to get done. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> why so I try and kind of stay off of Facebook and stuff now. Um, but come November, not sure. I mean, if President Trump and his cronies decide to keep at it, I mean, you, like like you said earlier, you know, it doesn't matter what color dick you got up your ass, you're going to yeah. have a dick up your ass. Yeah. That's just, unfortunately, American politics. Yep, you can quote me on that. What do you? What did you think about the Sony A7S III? Oh, dude, I was loving it. I love the footage from it. I've played around with its S-Log a bit. Uh, super good. S-Log 3 is super fun to color grade, and it keeps a lot of the color. Uh, it's very comparable to Blackmagic footage. I think Sony's a bit sharper, but uh, Blackmagic still kills it with the color. Sony's always been a bit deficient with color, in my opinion. But you know, yeah, to each their own. Yeah, um, yeah. I've been I've been loving watching the stuff come out with the red Komodo. That's like my new like thing. I'm kind of looking at. It's only a couple grand more than my kit, 
Yeah. Yeah, it does good. not. It, it does looks not... awesome. It also has a global shutter. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It blows that's... my mind. It does not look bad at all. I'm not super in love yeah. with the red workflow, personally. Um, yeah. I'm not super in love with the black magic rough workflow. So if anything, it might be might be easier for, sure. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think the biggest thing that like really makes me attracted to the new red uh, is the way that it handles image stabilization, like the in-body image stabilization for it. Yeah. Uh, they use the same kind of technology that GoPro uses to stabilize its footage. Oh. So what GoPro does is as the camera's shaking, that gets recorded into the clip as metadata, and then the GoPro analyzes that metadata to then uh, stabilize the footage perfectly, almost oh, perfectly. It still has a bit of a driver. Yeah. But uh, Red is uh, emulating that exact same thing right now with their Red Komodo. With the global shutter and that image stabilization, you get ridiculously steady shots just handheld. Yeah. Jeez. And it's light enough to uh, use for, like, car shots and shit and put on most gimbals. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, man. It is so good. Uh, it looks so it good. It is. Um, and it's cheap. The body is like what? Five k? Six thousand for the black body. Seven thousand for the stormtrooper body. I like mm. the look of the stormtrooper. It looks super, super awesome. Mm. Oh man, I I've been looking at the A seven S three. It has a lot oh. of features, but like, here's the thing. So for it, it's really for hybrid users. Because if you want to go yeah. pro. You need to get you need to go cinema. Just period. Yeah. Period. Right. But I am For a sure. hybrid user because I I shoot films, I shoot shorts, I shoot I shoot interviews, I shoot stills, I shoot be, uh, behind the scenes and so um no matter what I'm ne I'm never going to not work with the I still call them DSLR, but with a hybrid camera. Like I'm always going to have one on yeah. me personally and professionally. I've never said that For out sure. loud, but I guess I, I, mean, I, I guess I, I do, do feel too. that way. Yeah. You have you have your different tools have their different utilities and that's just that's just what it is. I still use my Panasonic GH4. I think came out in like 2014. I think it's 4K, 10 bit. Looks awesome still. Yeah. It it matches up with my Blackmagic well, especially for like weddings and shit. It's light enough to put on a gimbal, get 4K shots, and get uh, 96 frames per second slow for it. That's right. And Everything looks gravy on a on a six year old, seven year old almost camera. For but sure. But it's I also use it for photography. I got hired by the University of Chicago last year to go out and uh, do some photo for their uh, doctors that just graduated and got their doctorates. Damn, dude, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. That's a big deal. How was uh, your How was your stills Your stills game. My stills game's good. Uh, I I really even if people ask me to do a photo now, I'm usually like nah, and I'll send them my set photographer because he likes that kind of shit. But I get I'm good at stills if I need to be. I like to be the video guy though. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Um, I'm looking at a at a thumbnail right now for the the Sony A7S. I like the US the USB C. The USB-C, yeah, right, um, that it charges that way, so you can kind yeah. of effectively, like, just keep recording. I like that for what I do. Um, yeah. The 10-bit, is not is it 6K? 
Uh, I'm sorry, 4K, 120 frames? Am I tripping? Uh, what? I think the A7S the 4K? shoots 4K, 120 frames. Am I making yeah, that up? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the Blackmagic 4K. Uh, the 6K can also do the same. Yeah, I mean that that's fucking amazing, right? Um, yeah. What's like what what are your your lenses like? What's your wide angle lens? So my wide angle is a twelve mil that I usually use on like wedding shoots and stuff. I throw that on a gimbal because it's more of like a pancake lens. Mm. Um. But uh, it looks great. I use it's a twelve millimeter Rokinon. That's what I use on my GH4. Uh, and then for my uh for my Blackmagic six K. I uh, was very in between getting that Sigma 18 to 35 that everybody has. Yeah. Because uh, I've used it before and it looks absolutely awesome. I've also used recently the Sigma Cineprimes. Uh, uh, I've used a 24 and a 35 as well as a 50 mil. Uh, and it's the exact same glass in that 18 to 35 oh, telephoto yeah. that you can get. It's the exact same Sigma glass. So it's it's comparable to the 1500 to $2,000 lenses yep. for only 800 bucks, which is great. I know. Uh, I ended up picking up uh, a contemporary line uh, art lens, uh, Canon art lens, uh, mainly because I like the sharpness of the contemporary line a bit mm -hmm. more than the Sigma soft cine look. Mm -hmm. I like having hard edges uh, on a lot of my stuff, and I like showing a lot of detail. So I chose... Uh, a photo lens instead of uh, as like my main lens instead of a cinema lens. Um, but I do have broken on uh, broken on 35 and a 24 prime that I'll also throw onto the 6k every so often. But my bread and butter is definitely that 17 to 70 uh, contemporary lens. What is your favorite accessory that you purchased for under $200? For under 200 bucks. Let's see. Uh, under two hundred dollars, everything's expensive as fuck. Um, <laughs> notice, oh, notice how I sound think, gear is not expensive. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> right. Um, I think I'd say uh, I invested in a good V mount battery that was like one hundred and eighty bucks. Mm. Uh, it lasts me literally all day, and it'll not get below like seventy five percent, and it charges in like forty minutes. Holy shit, that sounds Which nice. Is epic. It is my super favorite. It's like it was 180 bucks uh on Amazon and that was it's probably one of my more favorite purchases. Uh however, you do need uh a V-mount to detap cable in order to use it for uh the Black Magic, which is like another like 10 bucks. When you get hired for a gig and they and it's a one person um, Swiss Army Man kind of gig, and it's just going to be you, <laughs> and you're going to fly. Yeah. What is your what is the gear that you take? And I want to know about the Pelican as well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got um, I had actually just bought two extra Pelican cases because uh, my AD and best friend uh, Matt, he uh, just got a Sony FS7 cinema camera with the the brain that you need for V mount for it to do mm. the 422 RAW. Um, and I, I bought myself a Pelican case for uh, my Black Magic, and uh, for his FS7 because he just kind of kept it in a stupid fucking cardboard box. I'm like, you're gonna break an $8,000 camera in a cardboard box. So 
I'm going to spend 200 bucks on you. You're getting a fucking mm-hmm. case, and that's the end of it. Um, but Pelican cases are great. I actually bought uh, mine from eBay. You can get just, like, the case itself without the foam. The, uh, yeah, without the foam for, like, $90. And then mm-hmm. the foam, you can get, like, replacement foam on Amazon for, like, 35 bucks. You're a smart cookie. Yeah, so I saved like eighty bucks ish. I mean, they they go for like two hundred, two ten to two fifty, depending on where you buy it from. But that's brand new. The ones that I got were a little bit beat up, had a few nicks here and there. But I mean, that's like that's the point. Yeah. Of fucking Pelican cases to get beat up, so your can your equipment doesn't. Uh, but yeah, I pack everything into a Pelican case. I have it uh rigged out for uh my Black Magic, so I just disassemble it and put it into its own different sleeves and. I'm able to transport it very safely. The foam's very, um, very durable, very soft. Uh, I haven't had any problems with it. Do you take a bag and a case, or how many cases do yeah. you take? Oh, so I do you take, take lights? I usually, so I usually pack uh, little lights in my uh, backpack when I fly, uh, and I pack a few Gorilla Pods in my uh, suitcase. And then uh, I'll take with me my gimbal, a tripod, uh, which will, which are usually my carry-ons. And then I have my Pelican case, which I check in uh, to the flight. Um, I take the backpack with me, and that has, like, my stills cameras, my GH4, and it's for B-cam shit, too. Um, I pack audio away. I usually pack a boom. Uh, I pack uh, an H4N Pro Zoom. Uh, I pack some XLR lobs, usually because whenever I fly out for shit, it's just talking head shoots, so I'll just bring a few lobs and a boom mic and call it a day. Uh, I also bring an H1N, and uh, I have a bunch of cords for that. That's like 3.5, which is uh, 3.5 mil into the quarter out to XLR, out to RCA, out to quarter inch. Uh, and that's usually for wedding shit in case I have to plug into a DJ table or whatever. But I usually bring that just in case uh, there's any house audio I'd like to capture as well. Um, and that's about it. Well, so I try when to you're... keep it light. I also bring the drone. Sometimes I check that in as well if I don't want to carry it around. That's true. So you have a license? Yes. The uh-huh. one was part 107. How um how hard was that to get your license? Like, did you ha- where'd you have to go? I know every place uh, is different, but I did it at the Kent State University. They, uh, my friend that's a pilot, he uh, works at the same place that gives out those tests. So literally, I just watched a YouTube like tutorial thing. It's like a two-hour like episode kind of thing where it goes through all the stuff you need to know for the 107 exam and um all of like the like the small things that you may miss and what you need to bring with you the day of and all that shit. Uh, I'd say like study your ass off for like a day and then go in and take it. It's not terrible. It's it's very much it's a lot of it's just common sense really. Yeah. How how is your your drone skills? Great. I get I get a lot of drone stuff. I get a lot of more drone stuff now uh, than videos, just regular video stuff, mainly because it's not even for film stuff. I've, I've been able to get construction gigs where they need me to take my drone up to look for leaks on this roof that they can't find access to. Oh, that's crazy. Or, 
Yeah, or uh, there was one person that wanted to hire me to uh, go into some windmills and figure out if there was like problems with it. And I had to take up a 4K, my 4K Mavic um, at the time to do that. And then what I'll usually do is I'll bring my laptop with me. I'll throw it into Premiere real quick. I'll blow up the footage for them to see on the screen and be like, hey, there's your leak or there's your problem. There's your crack in the fucking hole or whatever. Dude, that's insane. What do you suck at? What do I suck at? There's literally uh, nothing that you can't do. I mean, I can do anything that you can do. I'm a human. <laughs> Don't give me that. You can't have a baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to have a baby right now. I'm trying to have a career. No, I mean, you that's literally can't give thing. birth to a baby. Yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, I mean uh, what, what, how are you on sound? I can't compose music. Do you, oh, What's that's that? good. Yeah, how, how are you with sound? Like, do you edit sound separately, or do you do everything in Premiere? I do everything in Premiere, unless I need to throw it into Audition to, like, bring down some noise or just doctor up the audio or anything. Um, but I usually do most of my edits in Premiere. Man, that's wild, dude. Um, do me a favor. Send me a link to. I want to see that uh, the thing, the behind the scenes, as well as the short that you made for the film riot thing. I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that. So send for me sure. a link to that after that. We're approaching our time here, man. But uh, boy, am I glad I talked to you. Like, I do talk to a lot of filmmakers, and do not get me wrong, because I I love it, and I and I love talking to them. But there's something about you, man. Like you're. You're the filmmaker slash entrepreneur, and like you really inspire me to to up my game, man. And this has been the craziest yeah. year, like in America, m maybe since nine eleven. I know that sounds very melodramatic, and you must have been, you must have been a baby when nine eleven happened. But I was, yeah, I was a baby. Yeah, yeah, it was it was wild. <laughs> it was wild. Um, <laughs> but this has just been the craziest time, and you have such a great head on your shoulders, and you're oh, optimistic, yeah. and you know yourself, you believe in yourself, and you trust yourself. And I aspire to do that every single day so so being able to like you know have you rub off on me just so you know it means a great deal to Good. me jake and i want you to know that hell yeah i'm glad i was able to do that for you man for sure i'm glad i'm able to rub you off you rub me off anytime <laughs> please you don't even need consent just come in my bed and rub rub off on me sweet that's that's brilliant that's awesome awesome yeah Jake. man i'm all, i'm all about making sure that we can all get there because i know we all have you know those crazy things we all want you know the house the dog the fucking kid yeah. the nice car steady bank account <laughs> i feel it i know a lot of people have the will to want to do it and yeah. i see people that have you know the skills to actually fucking get there and you're one of those people dude well thanks you can man. get there I am there, you know, I'm really lucky. It's just now I'm like, um, I'm empty in a, in a different way, which feels so like ungrateful. Do you feel like that's still the American dream per se? I mean, you can think of it as an American dream. I mean, for you, you I mean, do you think that the dogs, the kids, the house, the mortgage, the cars, like, what do you, is that some sort of goal sure. for you? I mean, in a way, I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to make the fucking things I want to make, and if I make a shit ton of money doing it, probably, then fuck yeah, let's do it. I'd, I'd like to be able to retire at 30 and be able to live my life traveling and doing what I really want to do. So, 
you know, I facilitate it for myself. I help try to facilitate it for others, especially my interns. I miss having interns really mainly because I miss being able to teach the people that I'm going to be working with. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah. I like, I like people being able to be on it. I like people. One of my favorite things to do is being able to teach somebody and then they thrive from it. Yeah. When I see somebody able to go out and they, they win that company, they, they get that client. And yeah, I'm, I'm always happy for them because in a way it's like, you know, you try to build the community you want to build. You try to build the self that you want to build. Yeah. And only you are stopping you from that. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right, man. Um, that's something I, I needed to hear again. And so I'm glad you reached out and I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this. And I, I look forward to the next one. And when you got a feature Hell film, yeah. man, and there's going to be a premiere, let me know. Invite me. I'll fucking yeah. make, I'll make the trip. Hell yeah, man. I'm all about it for sure. I'll let you know. We'll, uh, we're, we're working on stuff right now. We have a lot of pitches that may potentially go through at this point. They will go through. Like to settle down. Yeah, exactly. They will. They fucking will go through. Nobody can stop you they except will. you. That's right. That's right. Use <laughs> my own words against me. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm trying to rub off on you. That's right. I love you, man. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Yeah. And, and hopefully I talk to you soon, man. Stay. Don't be a stranger. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, man. Hit me up anytime. Love you too, man. I will, Peace man. out. Take care. This will be up shortly. I love you, man. Have a good one. Peace out, bud. Later, homie. Never ever believe anything you hear. I believe only half of what you see. And always, 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 forever, never, never, put a force field around your heart.